And that was uh, Alexander O'Neill with Sunshine. Welcome to Cocoa Butter and Sunshine, Episode 4. I am the host, Drea Siobhan. It is a pleasure to be with you on today. Today is Thursday, April 27th, 2017. And I have so much in store for you on this show. So this show is dedicated to all the current and future listeners. I just want to connect with people and make you laugh, inform you, but also introduce you to some pretty awesome people of color who are doing great things within the community, um, starting businesses, you know, whatever they're doing. I just want to introduce you to them, connect, network, things like that. So with that being said, let's start the show with the weekly wrap up. That's right, guys. Uncle Barack has made his return back in the U.S. since leaving the White House. Monday, April 24th, he sat down with youth at the University of Chicago to champion the next generation of leaders. For the most part, the former president encouraged the students to discuss their experiences in politics and public service, asking them how they became involved and how they hope other young people can become more politically engaged. Obama noted that elected office is not the only way to be politically active. Mr. Obama's words, worry less about what you want to be and more worry more about what you want to do. Let's talk politics. This week in politics. So this week in politics, protest, of course, because there's a weekly protest like almost every week and it's getting out of hand. But this one was really important because it was for Earth Day. There was a science march on Saturday, April 22nd. I saw a cool sign that says, why do we have to fight our government to protect the environment? Science is real, climate change is real. And I just thought that was pretty interesting that you have to say out loud, hey, these are real things and they really matter to people who do not understand. And so the next protest, of course, is going to be held next week, which is May 1st on Monday. And it's the International Workers Day. Google is allowing employees to participate, being as though a great number of their employees were not American-born. Now, there's supposed to be a, I guess... 340,000 people to participate within this protest. It's going to be pretty interesting. It's right in time and in lines with the SB4, Texas Senate Bill 4, relating to the enforcement of departments on federal laws governing immigration. So what they're trying to prevent is sanctuary cities. A sanctuary city is where there's less fear of deportation. The laws aren't greatly enforced. And so... Uh, individuals who are undocumented can access different resources such as food stamps and medical care and things of that nature. So they're trying to prevent that. And also, I guess they're trying to say that it's for those individuals who have committed crimes primarily. But I, you know, with this new administration, you never know what they're trying to do. So also, um, ICE was asked to stop utilizing the term police officers because they're not police officers. So this uh, also makes me think of the article that I just read where it says ICE, which stands for the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, has been identifying themselves as police trying to scare people. Um, The LAPD or Los Angeles police have asked them to stop identifying themselves as police officers when interviewing people. This entire country is built upon the backs of immigrants and hell. Black people, our ancestors, shit, we got kidnapped. And the Indians, you know, and indigenous, they just took their land. But um, I ain't want to gossip. But anyway, I digress. I don't see the need to, like I said, I personally think that they're going about it the wrong way. There's so much shit with that. But I want to go on to, yeah. And so that is the weekly wrap up on politics. Also, just like I told you guys, Bill O'Reilly was going to get a podcast. As I suspected, the simpleton known as Bill O'Reilly started a podcast. As I told you in episode three, this rich guy is charging 
um, was going to have one, but he's charging $50 per year for his users. And I just, I find that crazy because you already got money. Why you need more money? See, people like that, something wrong with them. I think because there's no FCC rules, there's, there, I mean, there's no rules around podcasting except for who the company in which you upload it. So I, you know, it's going to be a lot of hateful racist mongrels following him again as usual. And so that is the wrap up on politics. And so we're going to talk about the black community next. I have some highlights of some stories that I really want to talk about. for the week in the black community that I wanted to talk about. There's several, there's like four that I wanted to talk about. One was the video surfaced on police officers holding five black boys ages 12 to 14 at gunpoint who were walking home from a basketball game in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This video is so scary as a, being an African-American woman seeing this, it is very scary to see. This video was recorded March 24th and obtained by a television station, WOOD, TV in Grand Rapids through a freedom of information request. You know, this is scary for that age group. They're now scarred and could suffer from PTSD because of this incident. And I say that because that's such a traumatic event for a 12 to 14 year old to have a gun drawn on them. One of the babies in the video, I call him a baby because he's a kid to me. You know, white people may not see this child as a baby or a kid, but I do. And seeing him scream and cry, saying that he didn't want to die, hurt my spirit. And just, it opens you up to the fact that if you watch the video, the police officer drew his gun before he could identify these kids. Every black man or boy is a suspect and fits a description of, an, of you know, of another. In these officers' eyes, black people all look alike. And it was draw first, ask questions later drew his gun before he even got out the car. If you watch the video, it is crazy to see this. The second story that I wanted to talk about is Jawan Alexander Plummer, a 19-year-old who was protecting his family and ended up shooting two police officers. Uh, Those close to Jawan say that he was frightened and wanted to protect his family from those who had tried to break into their home. He was unaware that two Detroit police officers have responded to a different incident um, of a home invasion. He thought the burglars were back on the porch wanting to enter the home to rob the family. He fired a weapon from inside the house, striking both officers. He was arrested, and now this kid, 19 years old, is being charged with two counts each of the following crimes, intentional discharge of a firearm in a building causing serious injury, 20 years, intentional discharge of a firearm in a building causing injury, 15 years, felonious assault, four years. He has also been charged with four counts of felony firearm, two two years consecutive. If he were to be found guilty on all charges as they currently stand, he is facing no less than 20 years in prison. Now, I looked at a picture of this baby. This kid does not look like a thug. Now you, you, can, you can look into someone's eyes and tell what they're about. If they're about that life or not. Some you can, some you cannot. But that kid on his face was nothing but fe- sheer terror and fear and remorse. And after watching the Khalid Browder story, I cannot imagine another kid going through that. Watching that kid's story, it is so very shocking about the system of how it swallows kids up and turns them into deep and dark and depressive individuals. And it onsets mental illness. If there, you know, if there's already something there, it can enhance that. And so watching that story of Khalif Browder made me think of this. And so I wanted to put some funds together for his mom. And, you know, I, I don't have a lot, but I'm willing to give the little that I do have. And so if you guys want information on that, she gave me her address. I reached out to her because I just, the story is crazy to me. They set a $25,000 bond and for poor people who have no money trying to make bail, trying to get money for a bond is 
it's too expensive and that's what they do to the poor we put them in a position only money can get you out people always say well rich people commit crimes all the time well rich money rich people have money to get them out to get themselves out to to, to post bail and things like that so when it comes to the poor they don't have that money they don't have access to that so there was a GoFundMe set up and GoFundMe took the site down because of the, the, the charges. They said because of the, the degree of the, the charges. So the family put that up and it was immediately taken down. And myself and a friend had thought of the idea, but he said, yeah, first you got to reach out to his family. So I went ahead and did that. And she said, yeah, you know, send the money just to this address or whatever. And so that's what I'm going to do. And so that's just crazy to me that they're, they're trying to keep this young boy in a system and give him 20 years. Now these police officers, they're fine, they're recovering, but if you look at that boy, you can tell that he is not about the life. And he, if he were going to that system, they're going to prey on him and he needs to be out. Um, the third story that I wanna talk about is a woman who gave birth to a baby in jail in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There's a class action suit which was filed in Milwaukee County Jail. The class action suit was filed March 14th on behalf of a former inmate named Melissa Hall. But this suit says at least 40 women suffered the same fate and may join her in her, her class action lawsuit. Another lawsuit filed in December 2016 said officials allowed an inmate's newborn baby to die through negligence. They said they didn't hear the baby cry. So this lady gave birth to um a baby within her jail cell they claim that they did not hear the baby cry now <laughs> if you've ever been around a child you know damn well this is a lie because those little babies cry so loud right and for someone to say that they did not hear this baby crying come on you know and and the i guess the inmate said that they were calling for the guards and stuff like that and they didn't come. So again, negligence. And then also Terrell Thomas, his family thinks jail employees might have cut off his water supply when he acted erratically instead of getting him mental health treatment. An inmate whose cell was across from his said he report, reportedly urged correctional officers to give Thomas water. This is a young African-American man. I guess he had already had some previous issues. He had a mental illness. He was put into jail and then he acted, acted out and they put him in solitary confinement. Well, the guards turned off the water when they are acting like that. So they shut off the water, but it was never recorded. It was never put down. It was never left for a, a no notes left for the next guard to know hey turn on the water so this person can drink water like that is negligence if you go to any old folks home and there's some any form of abuse there's going to be a problem and because these people are inmates they are treated like they are the scum of the earth yes what they did was wrong but you will have a job and you have a service to provide to those individuals you chose that job no one told you to go into that career you know, I understand that you need a job, but these are still individuals and humans. Now, what now the crime that they committed, may they have be wrong or heinous, that that may be true. But if you are in a prison and that is your job to provide a service, you have to follow protocol. And the fact that this Milwaukee County Jail has both women who gave birth with shackles on and one baby passing away that's crazy to me and then two you have another inmate who died because he didn't have access to water what is going on within our criminal justice system you know and then also having young kids um having the young boy being charged there's a judge who set that twenty five thousand dollar bond that whole system the whole process from the being arrested from the police um, pointing guns to the, you know, the, the, the judge setting a bond so high that a person couldn't get out and, you know, he's too poor to, to, to access that. And then you have the, the, the prison system, which swallows them up and, you know, doesn't care about them and, or about their health or about their well-being and, and will allow them to die in their jail cell. That is for us as a people, you know, a lot of people will say, well, that's not my, um, 
we have to fight against that pipeline because there is a pipeline to prison that they are trying to identify black people to be the target for those private prisons. And if you if you are not watching and you're not paying attention, then I suggest that you watch some specials on the prison system in the private system of prisons. It is money, it is dollars and cents. And every person who goes into that prison is nothing but a new slave. And that is my take and wrap up of the black community and things that are going on. And I hate that it's so depressive. There's so many positive things, but these are stories that I that matter to me. And I want people to be informed about because sometimes people don't even know what's going on. They don't even know that these things are happening because there's so many of them. But these are the ones that highlight to me because they involve death, they involve mental illness, and things that matter to me. So that is our black community moment. Okay, guys, we're going to go light. I wanted to talk about some topics that are just, you know, light. Lighter than what we just talked about with the black community. So, there's some things going on. Miss Beyonce is giving away four scholarships for the formation. Um, she had her Lemonade album last year. And so, of course, she wants to give away four scholarships to women uh, at different universities, which I think is amazing. She has the funds to do so. And so, you know, it's definitely something that I would do if I had the money. So I commend her on supporting her people. So we also have Solange who, which, you know, how I feel about Solange. I love me some Solange and she has decided not to go on tour, which I feel a way about, but you know, you know, do you boo? I just want you to get your coinage, your money. Um, but Hey, I will just, driving my car, singing your CD, and that's my little concert, but whatever. So what else? Shekana, Shekana, a tiny friend, she decided to go on, I guess she was in some domestic violence situation, decided to post a video, not a video, she posted a picture of herself after being abused by her boyfriend. And my first question is, why would that be the first place that you go? And I, I understand her... I understood her explanation of it, but it still, to me, was like, is it attention-seeking? You know, it just seemed like, oh, I need to get some attention right now because that's just not the place that I would want to post. And, like, you know, for me, I have a lot of pride. If a man hit me, you, well, everyone who knows me knows I'm about that life in real life. But what, um, what I will say is she... Seems feel ashamed, but maybe she didn't feel ashamed and she just wanted other people to know. But like her explanation, she said she wanted to make sure that other women knew and you know that that any woman that was with him knew what he had done to her. But like I said, I just don't feel that that was the platform that it should have been 
posted, but she said that she had was going to the police officers. But why would you do that before you went to the police? Well, she's neither here nor there. Whatever. Um, there's so much other stuff going on, such as we see R. Kelly being sued. That's crazy. For cheating on, cheating with a woman who was married. Now, I don't know about y'all, but who sues somebody for cheating? I, whatever. That's they like, you know, that's some people like. So those are the stories for this week. And we're going to talk about the Internet. Let's talk about the Internet's next. Well, if you have not heard from the Internet, Shea Moisture, where must we begin with this? There was a commercial Shea Moisture put out and it was gentrified, whitewashed. <laughs> All I know is that there were no four A, B, or C women with the cotton type hair like mine in that video until the very last end and the gist or just the gist of it all or the gist if you will was that the women who supported the youtube youtubers the bloggers the the base of the company the people who were buying this product when they first went natural their hair was damaged they stopped going getting permed in their hair was not represented when within this video and so there was with twitter you spark a fire with black women and it, it, it's like like i told you in, the, in episode three we are a unit right and so that went on for the past week and so they clearly took the video down and i feel like it's I feel when it comes to marketing right now, a lot of these companies need a dark-skinned black woman in the room because they're not, it's it's like they're not paying attention to what everything that's going on from Pepsi to Shea Moisture to, you know, even the Walgreens commercial with the baby. I don't Okay, that, there's another thing about that. There's a Walgreens commercial with a white woman and a black woman there's the white woman who the white woman's happy and the black woman is crying and I'm just like, are you serious? You guys gotta see it. But back to Shea Moisture. The Shea Moisture thing just went crazy. And so now they're backpedaling. But my thing is, I'm not even a Shea Moisture user. That product was too expensive for me. But again, I'm a Camille rose naturals girl each you know each african-american woman has their own different product line that you like i like the camille because it's pretty and pink and plus it smells really delicious like you could eat it there's so many different african-american companies to utilize there's owen with the juices and berry there is the curls with their new blueberry blitz line um there's so many different products to utilize that we don't have to focus on shea moisture and there's so many different things going on as it relates to african-american girls and women so our focus uh, again i'm i'm with the movement i am with the pro-black power but we have a bigger issue going on with black women and black girls missing so we got to focus on that too. So guys, that's a wrap for the first half of this show. Stay tuned as I interview my special guest, Elena Barbie, who is an entrepreneur here in Austin. And then we'll also talk about our hot topic of the week, Pumas, Cougars, and Sabertooths. Oh my. Stay tuned.
and welcome back to Cocoa Butter and Sunshine. I'm the host, Drea Siobhan, and I have a special guest with me today. Her name is Elena Barbie. Hi, guys. Welcome, Elena. So, Elena and I are going to talk today a little bit about what she does. She is a young black woman that I found while I was on one of my staycations. And so, I found her so interesting that I invited her into my home studio. Elena, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Hey guys, well my name is Elena Barbie. Um, I'm from Anchorage, Alaska. Just transferred to Austin uh, roughly six months ago. I'm a professional makeup artist and I own Beauty by Barbie. It's a freelance business that travels anywhere in Austin, hopefully around the world, to provide excellent beauty, um, great service, and yeah, it's just amazing. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you here. So we hear that your passion is makeup, right? So what drives you, Elena? Oh, what drives me is um, the passion for beauty, the passion for features, uh, the confidence behind the woman. I just love it all. It just all comes together for me. It's excellent. So what made you want to be a makeup artist? Well, when I was growing up, I couldn't wear makeup. My mom didn't allow it. So the very first time that I got my makeup done was my senior prom. And I just remember the feeling with it. The makeup artist that I had was amazing. Um, It was more than just, okay, I I put some lashes and color um, lipstick on you. It was just the whole experience. She had great service. We talked about everything. And just that night, I won prom queen. And I just remember... Um, winning prom queen and just having my look and then going out after that and then waking up the next day and still have my makeup on and I just loved it. It was just a warm feeling. So That's so <laughs> awesome. I love that. Love that story. So what do you love about the work you do? Well, I just love meeting different women, honestly, and men, you know, and just people all over and having conversations with them, but also um, digging into what they want for beauty and performing you know whether it's a natural look a dramatic look um a wedding look a prom look an editorial look i just love it so and so what are some of the things that you don't like about the being in the makeup business um i would say some of the things i really don't like is where um they don't share um where they kind of just leave beauty as a one standard thing there's a lot of artists that are very versatile in makeup but lately for me um looking on instagram everything looks the same everything looks the same features you're very slim you got a slim nose already um you have a perfect lips you you have fillers um i just want it to be realistic i am a plus size black and dominican woman um and i would like to see more of that yeah, that would be dope. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you, you give to a young person of color going into the industry? I would tell them to, you know, work hard. You know, all hard work starts from the bottom. So getting yourself out there, um, freelancing. And when I mean that, if you know a couple of girls that are going to prom, start with that. Maybe charge little to nothing um, and see if you like that. The next step, I would say, is get into an industry that focuses on beauty, like a big corporation. Nordstrom's, Sephora, Ulta, and just work and then network and get it from there. What is something new and exciting you're doing at your business with your business? Well, what's exciting new is I'm in a new city. So for me, it's all about networking. I have my clientele back in Alaska, but unfortunately, I'm not there anymore. But fortunately, I'm here. So I'm also in the process of networking with different people and getting myself out there. Um, And I'm just so excited to meet everybody here. Yeah, I think you'll meet a lot of people here um, who would love your services. So tell us about some of the cool things that um, you see other entrepreneurs doing, other makeup artists doing. I just love how other makeup artists are just taking a stand and showing their creativity and their artistry on their Instagram page or YouTube page and Um, Just kind of making their own um, makeup line from that. I think that's really awesome. And I learned a lot from that. And I'm inspired by that as well. Awesome. So how do you give back to the culture? So my sisters, how I give back is 
actually just knowing your worth, having communication with you guys um, about your features. We don't have to look like everybody else. We don't have to look like the Kardashians. We're all different. And um, just knowing that, having conversations with girls like that and showing them different tricks um, and looks for their beauties. That's how I give back. But I would love to give back more. Like I said, I'm new to Austin. And I would love to link up with corporations to open up how I can give back more as well. Thank you so much. Yes. So what are some of your fees? How much do you charge for you know, if you for personal makeup and things like that? So for personal makeup, um, for a bride, let's say, let's a bride, um, is $125. And bridesmaids are $85. I usually do $85 for face. And that takes care of uh, me being paid out my travel fee and then also my kit fee which is the makeup that i do replenish awesome mm -hmm. okay so we're going to give away one of one of your um services to one of our listeners uh who who emails us and tells us uh what that she loves about herself you give us um an email that's, that talks about why you love yourself and then we will um pay for you to have a service with elena so Elena, how can people find out more about you? Well, right now, um, you can find out more information about me is from my Instagram page. Um, all it is is my first and last name. So Elena, E-L-E-N-A, last name B-A-R-B-E-E. -E -E. I'm in the process of making my own website right now. So Instagram is the best way that you can contact me, DM me. We'll contact each other, communicate. I'll give you my phone number and we'll connect. Well, thank you so much for coming to the home studio. We're going to have a second half where Elena is going to sit in and we're going to, I'm going to ask her some questions since she's from Alaska. So I'm really curious yes. <laughs> about her upbringing in, a, in Alaska as a, a woman of color. So we'll be back guys. Yeah. Welcome back to Cocoa Butter and Sunshine. I'm the host, Drea Siobhan. And again, we have in the studio with us, Elena Barbie. And so Elena is from Alaska. So I'm really interested in your <laughs> upbringing in Alaska as a woman of color. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, it was great. It's a beautiful place to live. Um, Anchorage is, is nothing like Austin. Um, it's very mountains, fresh air, fresh water. Um, but growing up there, it's so diverse there. It's We got all the cultures you can ever imagine in Anchorage. So um, <clears throat> it was great. See, I would never imagine <laughs> the diversity that you say, because I'm just like, when I think Alaska... I think I'm thinking Sarah Palin. Yes. So that's why that's when I'm like, what? What a black woman there? I couldn't imagine. And I'm like, okay, what is the quality of life there? Yes. How was the upbringing? Yes. Where can you go get something to eat? You know, <laughs> your hair products. I'm just thinking, yes. tell me more about that, your upbringing and things like that. Like, 
what was that like? Well, it was, you know, it was, now that I live here, I guess the only thing I can say is it's home for me, right? But to break it down for you guys, our upbringing was great. We were in, I lived in the same house since I've been born in a small neighborhood, but it was just so diverse with our friends that we didn't even think about color wasn't really an issue because mm-hmm. it was so diverse mm-hmm. um but yes there are places to eat however it's <laughs> not like here um i rather eat my mom's cooking any day um there's only like uh there's a lot of fast food restaurants of course and mcdonald's and stuff but what I, okay i'm gonna tell you guys something what i discovered here was chick-fil-a and we don't have that in alaska and i love it it's not open on sunday it's not open on sundays <laughs> i drove that one time i made that mistake once um we do have a beautiful hairstylist for the for the black women or women of color um Man, there's so many that are great. So you have like places where you can go get your hair care. You can, you know, yes. stuff like that. Really? Yes. There is so many places that you can go get your hair done. And not only just um, <clears throat> like black salons, a lot of black women go to Dominican salons and get a Dominican blowout. Okay. <clears throat> it's really big. The Dominican community, the Spanish community is really big there too. Um, there's malls. Um is not as modern as a lot of places, you know. Like we just got a Victoria's Secrets last year, so oh, we're popping now. Oh, so we're popping. We got them IDs. Okay. What's up? What's up? We got that love spell lotion okay. now, so we're doing big things. Um, but like I said, growing up, color wasn't really an issue. I never experienced racism. Um, really, it's it's great. It was it was a great place to live. Cold. Of course, mm-hmm. but it was nice. But what about the dating thing? Because that's what I'm curious about. Okay. What are brothers at? What's up? What's yeah. up? Yeah. Well, they say in Alaska, there's 10 men to every woman. Oh, right. So that's where you need to be. Oh, <laughs> you know, my little sister probably need to be there. <laughs> you should. It's nice. Um, The dating scene is good. Like, I lived there all my life, so Anchorage is a lot smaller. So if I... um. We're talking to you with somebody that probably was new to Alaska because the guys I either knew about you, I heard about you, went to school about you, and, you know, it's just you want something new. But um, there is a lot of men up there, ladies. Uh, There's a lot of men that works the slope up there, oil. Um, But, you know, I travel a lot, and it's nothing like... A southern guy like I go through, when I went to Houston I was like okay like it's different it's like a, it's it's like different kind of swag you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. but there's a lot of men there yeah so there's a lot of men yes. so what about the job market like his you know you, you talk about the oil but yes what other jobs are available for a person who's looking to move to Alaska or yeah so like there's a lot of jobs in alaska and honestly i feel like anyone can get a job up there in that market so the market hasn't really plummeted with jobs they have a lot of jobs the cost of living is a lot higher so your pay is going to be a lot higher um for instance our minimum wage i think is around seven eight dollars but on an average person that works like a 16 year old at mcdonald's you're probably making roughly like ten dollars which is good instead of minimum wage summit areas and um there's a lot of room for growth there especially with technology and more in the oil field i mean we have retail stores as well um we do have universities up there university of alaska anchorage it's a known for their nursing school which is pretty awesome so a lot of medical fields is there as well and you know what shout out to all the people of color over there there's a lot of people doing it you know there's a lot of nurses there's a lot of tech agents there's you know there's so many and everything there's a lot of makeup artists there's it's it's great wow So that's really different than what I would think, you mm-hmm. know, Alaska was like people. When you think of Alaska, you think it's disconnected from America, that it's not really overseas. Yes, it's <laughs> overseas. Yes. Definitely. So what about like pop culture? Is that huge there? Mm-hmm. Like, are you disconnected? What's the why? Like, can you get access to Wi-Fi? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> and we don't live in igloos, everybody. We are, um, I would say we we're very connected to pop culture i mean there's clubs out there there's bars out there um 
like I love Drake. I knew Drake when I was in Alaska. It wasn't like I came to Texas and found out about him. And, and there's a big, there is a big black culture in Alaska. We go out, we dance, we celebrate, uh, we have concerts. I mean, it's not like Austin where like everybody comes up because Alaska is so distant. I don't think that. I think the last concert, Two Chains was there a couple uh, months ago, and then Lil Wayne is coming. But do y'all celebrate Juneteenth? Y'all got Juneteenth. We do have Juneteenth. (laughs) We do. You know, Texas is a state uh, where Juneteenth originated, right? no, I didn't know that. Yeah, really? Okay, so... I, thought it was, I knew it was a Southern thing, but I didn't know it was, like, Texas per se. So, there were some Texas slaves who did not know they were free. Give us free. So, oh. they were still enslaved. And so, that's why they celebrate Juneteenth, right? So, that was the day that June 19th is when they found out that they were actually free, but it was like years later. Wow. Like a year later, yeah. That's so crazy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so you know what? Juneteenth, yes, there's a Juneteenth <laughs> in Alaska. Um, I just remember going there as a little girl. It, it was in the park strip and it was downtown and it was free. The food was free back in the day. The music was going, live music. It was great. That's one of my best childhood memories, actually, is Juneteenth. And you can see everybody, <clears throat> the black community, come out in full force. It was great. Wow, that's amazing to hear. I'm so surprised and shocked as a woman from Wisconsin <laughs> to hear a woman from Alaska who is African-American, black, or you know what I mean? Like, yes. to talk about their uh, city and state that way because in my mind, I do not imagine Alaska yes. being a place to be or being lit. <laughs> no, there's so many things. And, you know, and I also was raised in the Southern Baptist Church. And that's crazy to hear because you're in Alaska. You're in a Southern Baptist Church. Yeah. And so... Um, yeah, it's nuts to think about it. Because you know what? Honestly, a lot of people, um, and I'm not saying you or anybody in particular, but a lot of people like at like Alaska State Troopers or kind of these other shows. Yeah. And like in school, I even hear people say like, when we were in school, like when we read about Alaska, all we know is about the wilderness, igloos, and dog mushing. And I'm like, what? That's crazy because I have Instagram just like you. And I drive a car just like you. You know, a lot of people think we're off the grid. We're not off the grid. We're not off the grid. That is exactly what people think about when they think about Alaska. Mm -hmm. It's like so far removed from like us that we're just like, yeah, that's really cold. And that's not something we want to be a part of. Yeah, I do um, want people to know that it's beautiful, though. So like if you ever want to take a vacation off a of scenery or just getting a different experience, go. Summertime is the best time, obviously, because you don't want to be there in the winter. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of cruises that go there. And um, I live in Anchorage, and Anchorage is more of the city. So you definitely want to go to more of, if you want to see scenery, like the Kodiak, Juneau, or Capital, um, Sitka, Sedatna, Seward. Those are going to be more... Um, views of alaska and then you can get more of the nature bound with that too well i am from a tropical people so i will not be going there anytime okay soon. you want to take you with me you're coming I will not be going there anytime <laughs> but y'all check out alaska as miss elena has said and so we're gonna wrap this section up and we're gonna go to our next section where we're gonna talk about pumas cougars and saber tooth say what say what oh my <laughs> She got my eye, she looking good. 
So welcome back guys to Cocoa Butter and Sunshine. This part of the section, we're gonna talk about our hot topic of the week, which is Pumas, Cougars, and Sabertooth. Now, <laughs> oh my, right? <laughs> Pumas, Cougars, and, and Sabertooth, oh my. So the reason this subject came up is because I was in my car listening to a local station where they play old school hip hop. And I was listening to this song called I Just Can't Handle It. In the beginning of the song, the young man, let me read the lyrics to you guys real quick. So the lyric goes as such. Cutie tried to flip me, tried to blow my mind. I was only 16, she was 25. Now wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. I was only 16, she was 25. Now, this is a young man saying that about a woman. And so, my concern was, okay, I listened to this when I was a little girl. So, of course, I had no supervision, as you guys can tell. <laughs> However, I have been both 16 and 25. And I know that is a huge difference, right? Huge. And so, 16 years old, you should not be trying to entertain well, 25-year-old should not be trying to entertain a 16-year-old. So, my my whole thing this week is with the Pumas, the Cougars, and the, the Sabertooth. Now, I have defined, personally, that a Puma is someone 25 to, I would say, at least 49. And I would say a Cougar is someone 50 to 69. And I say the saber tooth <laughs> is everything above. And any woman over over 70 trying to get her some play is definitely a saber tooth. Yes. So, <laughs> so, okay. So, have you ever dated a younger guy? Oh, me personally? I've dated a younger guy, but by like two years. Okay. So, for me personally, as a 30... Well, I dated somebody when I was 33. I dated a 21-year-old. And the, the the conversation was, there was nothing, no conversation. <laughs> this was all physical, right? Okay. So, so because we, what do I have in common with a 21-year-old? That's about a it. Absolutely nothing, right? <laughs> so my thing is, I would never date someone who is underage, but he was legal. My, at least mine was legal. Yes. Right. So this 25-year-old, in this song, okay, mm -hmm. when you think about people who date someone younger, or not just date, but, you know, they pretty much prey on someone younger, it's usually a guy. And so what I see is a lot of, like, older women nowadays going after younger men and i don't know if you know this but here in texas they have a huge problem with teachers you know 25 year old teachers having you know sex with her students and things like that oh, and so that is a huge concern for me because as a 38 year old hell i could have a 16 year old son you yeah. know and that would be really weird for a 25 year old to date try or you know mess with my son i would have a problem with that right so so what are your thoughts on it? Um, I would definitely have a problem with that. But I do have a question. Is it because the teachers are dating the students because the students are hitting on them? And the, the ladies feel kind of like, you know, low, like their self-esteem is getting pumped up? 
Well, I don't know. So my thing, you know, with my background, I'm thinking, okay, she has some type of frozen need. When she was a teenager, she didn't get hit on. Yeah. She probably didn't get no play. Okay. And so now she reliving that. Because you went to college and then you were studying at your professor and yeah. now you're hot. Yeah. But for me, I was like, well, <laughs> all my teachers was old as hell when I was in school. So I was like, I, I, don't, I don't remember having no 25-year-old teacher. My teachers was at least a good 50, 60 and they wasn't trying to get nothing. Right. So I'm just so confused by these, these 25-year-old teachers hitting on these kids. So yeah. it's kind of crazy. That is crazy. I I think um, that should be that's totally wrong. Like you should definitely these kids are here to learn. You shouldn't be hitting on these students. Um, something psychologically is going up there. You want somebody your own age, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, but not like sixteen. That's crazy. Yeah, it definitely is crazy. That's statutory. Is that statutory up here? I I I, I have not defined the, the laws. I have not looked up a lot of the research <laughs> laws. But I really, when I think about a 16-year-old, I'm thinking about a child. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I, I'm thinking about someone, you know, when you, when you think about boys, people don't think that they can be raped. But mm-hmm. they can be. Absolutely. And I don't say this in jest and I don't say this out of humor, but it is oftentimes... I would say if a younger boy is um, goes after an older woman, it's kind of like a trophy, and you know, other yeah, bragging rights, bragging rights. Yes. And so a lot of men will say, "Oh yeah, you know, he did that and stuff like that." But that is still wrong. Yes, right, absolutely. So, so um, the for me is what's the limit? You know, Ooh. sixteen to twenty-five. That's a huge age, eight-year difference. You know, 18 to say 18 or 16 to 18, those, you know, because they're still teenagers. That's a little bit. That's understandable because they're still in that two year. Two year gaps are great. Like, I feel like two is nice. But I do feel like um, when there's something about being 25 is a great age. So going back to a younger age is not good. (laughs) <laughs> I would go for older. For me, I would go older. When mm-hmm. I was 25, I was going for older. That's yeah. where I wanted to go because that's where my mindset was at. Mm-hmm. I did notice when I dated younger, the guys were not all there. They weren't mature. And I was just like, forget this. Yeah. But I do feel like when you're 21, you're grown. Yeah. And I mean, it's up to you to decide if you want to date somebody older or if you want to date a 21 year old. Just know that they may not be on the same page as you. Definitely. Yeah. And then you think about, I always think about, the one person I always think about when I think about somebody younger is R. Kelly, right? <laughs> so I don't mean to be funny. But, but it's so true. But when you think about it, you, I think about R. Kelly, I'm like, it's always some older guy. And you kind of expect that out of men sometimes yes. to date someone young. But when, you, when it's women, you know it's definitely, you know, why would a older woman want to date a younger man is usually about the physical because yes. women we don't hit our prime till like 30s trust right. me i know but i can't wait to be there <laughs> so the mid 30s is some good terrible because <laughs> you know you can't roll with me that's what, like i try to tell them you cannot roll with me right so for me i I dated someone who was younger, who was 21. I was 33 at the time. He was 21, but he approached me. Right. And so the conversation was okay, but then it was like, okay, we have nothing in common. It's just physical. It's just physical. I feel like, too, like women that are older and decide to talk to somebody younger or date somebody younger are usually uh, put together. Like, we definitely would like to have somebody, but really we don't need you. And now it's fun for us. Whether as a guy, and I could be totally wrong, but I feel like guys that date younger girls are kind of like, this is my woman. I can mold her to what she wants because she's so young and her mind is like, you know, I can mold her. She's my woman. I can can control her. I can create her. But for a woman like us, we'd be like, okay, boy, we know what it's about. So keep it pushing, you know, after that. So I think that's what the difference is between that. Have you ever seen cougars, like the older women, they're like 50 years old and they got them a little something on the side. Do you ever check them out? Do you ever see those at You all? know what? It's, I don't. like. It's, I feel like for me, is I've definitely seen cougars out, like going out to the club or having a drinks and having a younger guy. I've seen that. 
But it's, in Anchorage, it's not as common as an older guy with a younger girl. So, I mean, go ahead, cool girls. Do what you need to do. So, let me tell you a story about <laughs> one of my uncles. He had a saber tooth. <laughs> <laughs> he had a saber tooth. And so, okay, I was a young girl at the time. I had to be at least like eight or nine. And my uncle was at least 20. He had to be in his like mid-20s, right? At the time. And so he had this woman who was older than my grandma. Oh, no. And so I knew what it was. I was like, that is not about sex at all. That's about money. That's yes. him getting that money. That's yes. him getting that social security. That's him getting that disability. He's probably running her feet real good. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to break you off a change, boo. Don't even worry. Right. So I was just like, you know what it is when it comes to those relationships that is typically financial when yes. it comes to saber tooth. That, like, really, what would a young man be looking at with a woman in her 70s Absolutely. Like, what are you really doing? And I've, I've seen that a lot in my job, uh, like more retail basis in the past where um, older men usually, I did see an older woman once go and I like this. You're like the younger person is like, I like this. Next thing you know, this guy or this woman is like breaking it off. And we don't know if they're their parents, but the person that's younger is usually dressed a little promiscuous. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess people love saber tooths to get that bread. Yes, definitely. (laughs) And then, okay, so Austin is known for its festivals and its events. And F1 is coming up. And that is the event where you will see all the guys swoop in for the car race. And and then you'll see these young little tenderonies on their arms and things like that. But you never see like the older woman with the younger man. And that's like so interesting to me. That's like so crazy to me. Like this goes on. But like this is Austin. So there's always going to be men who have money who entice another young woman to come in. And it's pretty interesting to watch. Because I'm a people watcher. So, right. Yeah. So it's a pretty interesting topic. And oh, pumas and cougars and saber tooth. <laughs> oh, my. So I want to hear your guys' take on it. Like, if you've ever dated someone younger, if you've seen something that you thought was inappropriate, what's your take on the pumas, cougars, and saber tooth? And that's a wrap of our show. I hope you tune in again. This has been Cocoa Butter and Sunshine.